Hello, dear listener. You may notice that this installment is a day later than usual. Why is that, you may query? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's Little League All-Star season here in Southern California, District 40 Western Region, which means it's also all hands on deck to officiate the various games across age groups and genders. Generally, the boys play baseball while the girls play softball, with some exceptions. Why is it called softball when the ball is just as hard as a baseball? Well, the origin of the sport answers that. In 1887, on Thanksgiving Day, alumni of both Yale and Harvard were in the Farragut Boat Club in Chicago, awaiting the outcome of the annual football game between the two schools, when a Yale supporter playfully threw a rolled-up boxing glove at a Harvard alum. The Harvard man batted at the glove with a stick, and a reporter on hand for the Chicago Board of Trade yelled, Play ball! And the sport was born then and there. The name softball was given to the sport in 1926, and in 1934, the Joint Rules Committee on Softball drafted the first set of standardized rules. And that's what I'm going to talk about today. No, not overprivileged white men tossing a boxing glove around while getting drunk waiting for a football game to end but the concept of rules and the people charged with enforcing them. Now, the myth of America and of Americans is that we're a people disdainful of rules. In our collective national story, we threw off the English oppressors using military tactics that violated the stuffy and ineffective rules of engagement, conquered the frontier or tamed it along with the indigenous peoples who lived there without regard to rules and procedure, and established ourselves as the dominant military, economic, and cultural nation-state in the world. All through Yankee know-how and rugged individualism that tossed aside pesky rules and regulations. We're Americans, damn it! We don't need nor want your kings and queens, your aristocracy, your stuffy etiquette and manners, your socialism and tightly controlled economy. Let us alone to do our own thing, and that's how we'll prosper. Freedom! Freedom from rules, that's the American way. Except we all know that's complete and utter shash. Look, I don't deny for a moment that some of the greatest discoveries, inventions, and innovations were achieved by breaking rules in the loosest definition of the term. That is, sometimes it takes bucking the system or defying the traditional way of thinking in order to make scientific or cultural leaps. I don't deny that, and I revel in it myself. But it seems to me that's a fundamentally different kind of rebellion from breaking rules designed to keep things functioning. We applaud, say, Charles Darwin for breaking the established rules of science in order to come up with his theory of natural selection, but the use of the phrase breaking the rules is hardly appropriate in that context. That was an innovation, a discovery, an achievement. He didn't so much break rules as shatter an outmoded and incorrect way of thinking. Let me go back to my analogy of baseball and softball, which also explains the tardiness of this entry. I had a doubleheader on Sunday, which ran from 8.30 to about 2.30. It was a fairly warm day, somewhere in the mid-90s, and I had to work the plate for my second game. Upon returning home, I found my levels of energy somewhat lacking and decided that a brief respite from the demands of consciousness was in order. I took a nap, is what I'm saying. Anyway, the games were pleasant enough without much criticism from spectators or participants. We in the biz tend to call that chirping. So I'm not complaining on that score. But let's take the idea of game officials, umpires and referees, in a larger context. I think it's safe to say that game officials are regularly derided as incompetent or biased or both. Think about the last time you watched a sporting event. 
When did you notice the officials? When they decided something in a way you didn't like. A call went against your team, so it was a bad call. Perhaps even the announcers and color commentators chirped at the official on the television. It's considered part of the game, yelling at officials. I've been a baseball and softball umpire for a few years now, having gone back into the job after a long hiatus from my adolescent years when I started. I was one of those volunteer AYSO soccer officials. I've been a clock operator for basketball games, and I've played, coached, and done television and radio broadcasting for football. So, I've been an official and seen quite a lot of officiating. Universally, fans, coaches, and players heap abuse onto game officials, who are expected to have a thick skin and just take the abuse and soldier on. In fact, officials who do react to abuse are often criticized for being too sensitive. Terrible vision, but great hearing, huh, ump? Which is bordering on Kafka levels of absurd. My son umpires more than I do, and once, when he warned a coach to stop the vocal criticism, heard the coach loudly admonishing his own players by saying, when you become an umpire, you need to ignore all coaches who complain. The total lack of awareness there is staggering. We have a saying in umpiring, which I expect is repeated in other sport officiating circles. Umpiring is the job where you're expected to start off perfect and improve from there. And yet, there's a weird, almost perverse pride in putting up with the abuse. The idea that an official is somehow above all of hoi polloi, that's a wonderful little Greek expression that means the many, referring to the common folk. It has the connotation of being underclass, crude, lacking in refinement. Now, hoi is the definite article, the. So it's technically appropriate to say hoi polloi instead of the hoi polloi. Just a little cool words aside for you folks who've been listening for a while. Is a source of pride. We just do our jobs, deciding on plays, invoking rules appropriately, and managing the game so the participants can enjoy themselves. I think we all agree that games need rules, rules that both sides in a competition have agreed to in order that the game may proceed. Without rules, the game breaks down entirely, Finney's invention of Blitzball and John Knowles' a separate piece notwithstanding. Even games like Tag or Hopscotch have rules. Sure, open play is important. Playing with Legos, for example, is important, a sort of freestyle play, the only rules to which are one's own imagination. I'm a big proponent of that. Creativity is, in many ways, the art of breaking established procedure. But rules matter, too. Now, in a society, we call those laws. And in a representative democracy, we either collectively decide on the laws or we elect people to decide on them for us. It therefore follows that we need a class of people to enforce those rules. Police, for example, but also judges. Yes, the citizenry chirps at those people, too. And there are some who are unworthy of those titles. The stories of police brutality cannot be explained away as mistakes every time. Nor can we say police have a hard job as an excuse for excesses of force. If a man or woman cannot handle the stresses of the job without resorting to inappropriate levels of force, he or she should not be in the profession. Similarly, judges make incorrect rulings from time to time. I'm thinking here of the Dred Scott versus Sanford decision of 1857 in which it was decided that African Americans could not be considered American citizens, even if they were free. The claim was the Constitution had meant to exclude blacks entirely, so none of its protections nor rights were to be afforded to them. Now that's what I call a bad decision, and no amount of context can excuse it. It was a horrible, evil decision that cannot be mitigated. So, 
Police and judges make errors and are sometimes unfit for the office they hold. But the concept of police or judges, of law, is fundamental to society's functioning, just as umpires are fundamental to baseball's functioning. If there were no umpires, or no one acting as an arbiter of the game, the game would collapse. If there were no police nor judges, society would collapse. It therefore follows that ignoring the decisions of the umpires would mean the game would similarly collapse. If a batter was called out on a pitch, but instead of leaving the batter's box, simply walked to first base and stood there, as if he was entitled to it, the game cannot go on until that is rectified. Everything would have to stop until that player was corrected. We couldn't simply say, oh, well, we called him out, but he refused to be out, so I guess we'll just have to accept that. No player can be above the rules. Similarly, if, say, an elected official broke the rules, the laws of our society, we cannot go on as a society until that infraction is dealt with just as the umpire would have to insist that the player is out and must return to his dugout, so must we insist that the offending person in society be corrected. And just as the umpire might be forced to eject the player from the game, removing him as a player, despite the cost to the game, the consternation of the kid's parents and his fans, the abuse, the chirping that would be heaped upon the umpire for his drastic actions, so must we insist upon drastic measures to any official who has violated the laws. In baseball, a player's worth, skill, place on the team, connections, or disposition does not protect him or her from ejection if his or her offense warrants such a punishment. It matters not if that player is the team captain or has hit a home run or will respond to the ejection with fury, nor does it matter if that player is a fan favorite. If his actions demand ejection, then ejection it must be, and the umpires must be able to have the bravery and stoicism to enforce the rule despite the consequences. So must we as a society do the same. Remove from office and punish those who have seriously transgressed the law. It doesn't matter that those doing the removal, the officials, will be criticized for doing it. Let hoi polloi chirp, but do your jobs. The game can't continue as long as that player's involved. The country can't continue as long as that man is in the presidency. Fiat justicia ruat caleum. Let justice be done, though the heavens fall.